It's time again for Three Point Podcast. Three sports guys, three generations, and three hot takes. The triple threat includes baby boomer Ted Patel of Z92.5 The Castle, our Gen Xer is Matt Burns of ESPN, and the SEC Network out of Charlotte, North Carolina. The millennial man is Jared Patel of Valley Sports Detroit. Comments and questions can be sent by email to threepointpod at gmail.com. Follow Three Point Podcast on social media at Three Point Pod. The fellows will get it rolling right after this from our partners. Memorial Healthcare is proud and excited to open their new $40 million plus neurology, orthopedic, and community wellness center, now called the NOW Building. The 15,000 square foot facility features the highest quality, most sensitive 3T MRI available on today's market. The three-story building provides area residents a medically-based wellness center featuring nutritional, counseling, and group fitness classes, among other offerings. Memorial Healthcare's new wellness center includes locker rooms, private showers, steam rooms, a sauna, a lap pool, and more, including a raised track for walking and running with views of the entire Memorial campus and surrounding area. Memorial Healthcare strives to bring healthcare and wellness together, servicing patients' needs from diagnosis to treatment to rehab and beyond. For more details, go online at memorialhealthcare.org or call 989-720-CARE. That's 989-720-2273. Rivals Tap House and Grill is the area's go-to spot for the best in food and drink. Meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on over 20 high-def flat-screen TVs. And our 120-inch projection screen. Rivals can handle your large or small parties and is an awesome spot to put on your fundraising events. Weekly food and drink specials including gourmet burgers, wings, pizza, homemade soup, and salads. Rivals also stocks a large selection of craft and domestic brews. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official gathering spot of Three Point Podcast, located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. Well, number 228 of the Three Point Podcast is coming right up. We're presented to you by Memorial Healthcare, home of the top-notch now community wellness center with pool workout equipment, track, and a whole lot more. Coming up August 16th will be their grand opening celebration with ribbon cutting, refreshments, and tours. So if you haven't signed up yet, get there to the now community center at Memorial. Also, we are presented by Sky Mint Cannabis. Michigan's leader in the industry, many locations throughout the state of Michigan. Uh, I know we've been spreading the word, fellas. The coupon code, go to that Corona store, 3.20. It's 3, P-O-I-N-T, 2-0. That's your coupon code, 20% off all SkyMint products. I mean, you can't beat that deal, fellas. No, no, you can't. Make sure you use that code when you go. I mean, 20% off of uh, a purchase of any kind. Uh, is a big deal, especially at a dispenser. I mean, usually the tab's a little bit higher or whatever when you make a stop in at those places. So 20%, that's that's a big deal. And you know and what? Know you were you were just there with a, a food truck too. How was the food truck? Yeah, I was going to talk about that a little bit. Food truck Friday at Sky Mint. I mean, when you, think, when you think about it, you know, you, you pick up a little munchies and, you know, you check out the, the food truck. And if the menu there doesn't satisfy you, well, our friends down at Rivals just yeah. cross the parking lot, right? Can't go What wrong. a setup right there, man. Friday, I tell you what, I can picture it right now. Stop in at, at SkyMet, pick up some grub on the way out, you know, head home, indulge, and in a couple different things. And you're having a hell of a Friday night, man. 100%. Well, you know, the, the, right now the coupon code only good at the Corona store, but, you know, for all our listeners out there, 
I mean, if you're uh, in Lansing, Grand Rapids, wherever you're at, stop in, tell them you listen to Three Point Podcast. We may be able to make something happen as we go along in some of the other stores since, you know, we boom throughout the state of Michigan. Really, that's our that's our sweet spot for our core listenership. So at SkyMint Cannabis, one of our great sponsors. Also, I want to tell you about our local partners. They include AZ Printing Solutions, Pro Real Estate and Auction, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Success Group Mortgage and Servicing, The Wash of Owasso, the ALS Association of Michigan, and Z92.5 The Cast. Well, fellas, you know, I don't have a lot to catch up on. Let's see what you guys have because uh, I've kind of had a mellow week myself uh, coming off the trip up north. Listen, it, maybe it's... Uh, I sometimes just feel like my life is like a TV show or something. Like I feel like this story I'm about to tell you guys is something that should almost be in like a curb your enthusiasm episode or oh something. Oh boy, here we go. Or maybe I just find the, the the comedy in tragic events. So you know this this last month, right? We we've been living. Me and my roommate, another classic character, goes by the the name of Spin. Me and Spin, you know, we're living in this uh, apartment, and we live on the third floor. And it's not the nicest apartment complex you've ever seen. I mean, I've talked about it on this pod. I'm trying to, you know, move out of it basically as soon as possible. Luckily, we only have a month left. But basically, last month, you know, the heat finally started really kicking in in the state of Michigan. So, you know, we kind of have always, you know, abided by, you know, we have the air conditioning on. We have it off. Don't really think too much about it. It is what it is. You know, usually the bills somewhere around 40 bucks a month or something like that. Split it both ways, 20 bucks, whatever. Who cares? The bill comes in the mail last uh, month, uh, on this day last month, it was 150 bucks. <laughs> and I, and I'm, so we got to split up who, who was like in charge of keeping track of this bill or that bill. Right. And when I saw that, man, I, I, like my, I'm in charge of the AC bill. When I saw that, my jaw just like dropped right to the floor. And I basically called him immediately. I was like, dude, what the, what, I don't understand how this jumped up 120 bucks in one month. Yeah, it's a little bit hotter this month, but it's not like we're sitting in 60 degree temps like Ted's basement. I just, I don't really understand it. So long story short, you know, we basically are like, all right, you know what? We're buckling down this month. It's never going to be colder than 73 degrees in here. We're keeping the air conditioner set at 73 degrees. Uh, You know, during the day, we're going to just basically turn it off, turn it on only when we're there you know, very regimented measures to make sure that this bill was never going to be 150 bucks again. Flash flash forward to today, exactly one month later, I get on my uh, DTE app. The bill is $150 again. How (laughs) in God's green earth is that even freaking possible? So basically what I came to conclude is that since we live on the third floor of this building and heat rises, basically we are just nonstop like collecting this heat. And apparently, even if we don't even run our AC unit, the building is charting it as us running all this AC throughout this building. And even though we were super diligent and not running it, basically it didn't matter. So now we've came to the full circle moment where we're like, you know what? We're just gonna have this thing run all day long because apparently it's not even charting our heat usage and it's just basically flat out charging us 150 bucks a month so it was really a complexing couple months uh in the 302 apartment room <laughs> no utilities are um but i mean i know you, you lived in apartments at grand valley and stuff so you've had to pay utilities but that's a it's like a it's like a, a real world awakening type of thing when you have to start paying utilities like that because i've lived on third floor apartments fourth floor apartments and yeah you don't realize it you know you you always hear heat rises but in the summer when it's hot 
I mean, that's legit. Like your AC is running constantly. Otherwise your apartment's hot as hell. So uh, I, I almost knew, I, I thought your story was either going, your AC went out or you were going to have like astronomical utility bills. Cause... But, but how does that make sense, man? It, the same exact price month to month with drastically different usages. It, it's yeah. just what a, they're basically ripping us, ripping us off. Yeah. I, I've I'm... come to the conclusion, Ted, you've, you've been doing this for many more years than me. Yeah. I think they just make it up as they go. I don't I like I mean I know they come out and read your meter or you know they do whatever but cuz yeah I've definitely had situations like that where it's like you go on vacation maybe for 2 weeks so you set your you know your thermostat up or down whatever and then the, your bill is like still the same and it's like how did that even happen we were right. gone for 2 weeks so yeah I, I've just come to the point where I'm like whatever it they just make it up well they charge you what they want but they they are supposed to read the meters but the the perplexing thing in my mind, just listening to this story, uh, you know, I have a full house and, you know, my bill, you know, in the summertime when we use the air conditioner, it's definitely up there, but that just seems excessive. I, I understand the third floor thing and no. it, has, it has been hot the last couple of months, but man, for, you've got a two bedroom apartment, I assume. It's a dinky apartment and right. it, it's, I've actually, because my, I was, I was talking about this with my brother. He pays like, you know, uh, never more than like 80 bucks a month, he said, for like a full house. So right. how in God's green earth at 73 degrees flat are we still paying 150 bucks? And Matt, what kind of is funny about it is, no, I've never had to pay utilities before. Oh. Yeah, I've lived in apartments before, but it's always, you know, been part of the flat rate. Right, yeah. So this was just an absolute like wake up call where basically it's like when you start adding up these utilities, man. It's like, yeah, we pay 550 a month for rent, split, you know, we split it down the middle, but then you add another 500 bucks to the thing. Might as well be paying a grand a month. It's, it's impossible. It's so damn stupid. And I'm so sick of this, this damn complex. It, yeah. it really is an issue. And Ted, I'm sure you have a lot of thoughts on, you know, you usually have to complain about kind of the, where, where life is or where the world is at this point. What is going on with the housing market? It's like, they are trying to. Like, can people even live anymore? Can they afford to live? I, you read all about inflation and basically it's like the housing market since like the 1950s, you know, the, this percentage of your wage would get you a house. And nowadays that gets you a 250 square foot studio right. apartment. It's, it's, it's scary. Yeah. I mean, right I now. I can't believe we... you just said 550 a month for rent though. That's, and that's split. That's a good deal. <laughs> that's a good deal. Well, that is that's, a good deal. I mean, it's eleven hundred a month, and we split it down the middle. Right? Uh, oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, so five hundred fifty a piece okay. on top of the utilities. Still, like I said, I'm paying like eight hundred plus a month for. I, I bet part of it. I know Ted, you were about to jump in. I bet you know. I I don't know the apartment complex. You're not you're not selling it very highly. <laughs> I wonder how like um, insulated it is. You know, yeah. the window may not be like insulated at all all your AC may be like escaping out the yeah. walls, you know, there could be something like that too. You know, that does happen for sure. I had a previous house uh, in Owasso that it, the heating bill in the winter time was just completely outrageous because all the heat went out the, you know, 55, 60 year old Anderson windows that had no yeah. seals left. And that's a fact of life. And back to your question, Jared, I mean, you know, it's been a while since I've seen uh, housing and inflation and everything else, you know, to try and make a living nowadays, it, we're in one of those bad cycles, man. I mean, it, we, it just is. You just got to ride it out. Now, I know you're not a confrontational kind of guy, 
But, you know, with the last two months of, of air conditioning, your electric bill you had to pay, I'd almost talk to the uh, the super or whoever's in charge at the complex and say, hey, Dude, is no. this typical? Is this typical around That's here? That's the problem is that these apartment places have all the leverage nowadays, Ted. It's, it's, a, it's the Wild West out here. Really? I, I got charged. This is no shit. I got charged 150 bucks for paying my rent one month, one day late. It's like, dude, they, it's like, they don't care if they will find somebody else to fill your damn place in the blink of an eye. They, you mean nothing to them and they are making more money than I feel like they've ever made with these prices. It's like, even talking to some of my coworkers is like, yeah, it's like, man, it's like prices have jumped a few hundred bucks. It feels like in the last few years, it, it's a COVID clearly was like the jumping off point, but I, I mean, God, I imagine if, if Matt was trying to buy a house or something right now, it's like, how do you even do it? Hey, here's yeah, it's pretty tough. The, the the prices are crazy. The apartment that we just moved from, we, we it was the same apartment we lived in from when we moved to Charlotte because, you know, we didn't know where we wanted to be. So we just snagged an apartment near my work and, you know, it worked out super nice, great area. So we stayed there for six years. Every year, the rent went up probably 60, 80, 90 bucks, which, at, you know, for one year, not bad. When you multiply that by four or five years, you know, that adds up the last year we were already going to move the last year. So if we would have renewed this, you know, a month or two ago, they were going to raise the rent like 250 bucks. Yeah. And it was it's... like, it was like, you guys haven't like improved any of the amenities or like, you know, you know, yeah, it's, it's a night. It was a really nice complex and everything, but it was like, how are you raising this? And your, your point is right because we looked and our apartment was rented two weeks after we moved out. So yeah. someone's renting them and I don't know if it's the same there, but uh, they, they change the price of rent daily based on the market. It's not just like a flat rate. What they can guy. like one, one day you might get on apartments.com or whatever. And the rent's like 1800 a month. And then you get on the next day and it's 1950. And then you get on the next day and it's maybe down to 1750 or something. It's just, oh my God. it's insane. And you know, there's the whole like, you're, you know, the idea is to save 20% for a down payment for a house. Sometimes it's like, how the hell do you save 20% for a down payment of a $600,000 house or something that's really only worth 400000 So you're not going to try and overpay for that. I've got friends who have houses and they've been told by realtors or Zillow, like, if you sell right now, we can sell it for 200 250 over what you paid. Mm -hmm. But then they're just turning around and trying to buy a house that they're overpaying two, three hundred thousand yeah. for. So it's kind of like, why would I even sell right now and make that money? I'm just overpaying yeah. for a house anyway. It's it's, it's, it's pretty insane. Yeah. Here's, here's the cherry on top. I know exactly what you're talking about, Matt, because our, our lease was coming up this past month and we get a letter on our door, slid under our door, uh, basically saying that our rent was going, if we renewed, our rent was going to be 150 bucks higher a month per person. Oh, but don't worry. They made sure to attach a ring pop to this like little envelope. So it's all good. <laughs> That's a they do not care. Ted, I mean, you're lucky, man. You you, yeah. you settled down right at the right time. If you would have waited on this whole Lake Manitou dream a few years, you're probably never have reaching that dream. You're Oh, you're 100% right, Jared. And you know, when I bought my first house, I remember I bought the house. The mortgage was an adjustable rate mortgage. And this was in uh, like 83 and my rate was like 11 and a half percent just to get in on the adjustable rate rates at that time were 13 14 percent 
you know, and I was fortunate enough to turn it over in the first year and, and lock in at a reasonable rate, I think something like nine or 10%. But, uh, you know, I was just going to end this part with, you're right, I got lucky. And part of the part of the part of the good things about being my age, despite the aches and pains and everything else that goes along with it, we just made our last house payment yeah. this last month. So it, our house is free and clear. Wow. So, That's so, uh you should be you should be tipping some back on this podcast. They're doing something. I can't imagine what that feeling would be like. I know when when my parents paid off the house that I grew up in, I, I just remember them just saying like how such a good feeling that is. Yeah. I mean, to to think that you own that house, no more payments. Right. It's kind of, I mean, it's it's much smaller, but when you pay off a car, it's kind of like, oh, cool, this car is now mine, except now it's probably going to start falling apart or something. But you paid that no, thing that's, off. That's awesome. Quick, man. I mean, did you just get that like like seven years ago? 2014. Well, it was a matter of every every move I made, just from the very first mobile home I bought, I paid four thousand dollars for it, sold it for six, used it for a down payment on my first house that I paid twenty seven five, bought my next house that was ninety one, sold that for a hundred and ninety one. So every progression, you know, it put money in my pocket and it just allowed me to to buy this house and get it paid off quickly. And I credit my wife for being a good banker. And uh, I did tell her though, you know, you guys know I'm visual. I'm a, I'm a tree destroyer. I have paper all over the place. I, uh, it's not good enough just to see it on the computer that it's paid off. I want them to mail me something in the mail that I can burn it and, and just have a little celebration and a cocktail to go along with it. Like you said, yeah. Matt. No, you, you got to do something like that. And honestly, Jared, you're at the point right now and, you know, you're starting to work a lot and everything. That's the way to do it. You you almost have to bite the bullet and even if you got to buy a fixer upper and just yeah. kind of tinker around at it for a few years. It's one thing, you know, I'm 37, you know, you, you say like, ah, if you could tell your 25 year old self something, what would it be? It would be a buy a house because yeah. that's exactly what you're talking about. Like, that's how a lot of these people, people who I know who have these $600,000 houses that don't make much more money or the same amount of money as I do. It's because they started small, sold it, made money, maybe got it a little bigger, sold it, made money, and now able to buy this. I've just always been in the situation. I've never needed to buy a house, but it's one of those things like, you know, hindsight or whatever. When we moved to Charlotte, my wife and I are like, man, if we would have known it was going to be like this, we would have bought a house. We would have just, we would have just like found an area and been like, whatever, let's just buy a house. We'll figure out the rest later. But I'm sure, I'm sure your dad would say the same thing, Jared. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe yeah. No, I, I remember hearing that advice. Like when I was in high school from like one of my, I don't even, it was like a family friend, very, very rich, like family friend. <laughs> I remember they told me like I should buy my first house and like straight cash. And I, I remember thinking like as a high schooler, like, wait, so how the hell am I going to get hundred and fifty thousand dollars. How am I ever gonna round up that amount of cash and be able to do that? So I mean it was I think it was a good advice, but maybe a little bit not likely. Uh yeah. but still uh, I was all ears listening to it. Yeah, sometimes that's not reality with the with the way you're operating now. Right. You know, Matt brought up the fact about buying a fixer upper. And I mean, I you know, I had fixer uppers all the way up till this house. Yeah. And and let me tell you. You got to suck it up to do that because I had 40 years of fixing up houses. I was yeah. about sick of it, but it paid off in the end. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not, I admittedly, I'm not the most handy person ever. Yeah. I can do basic stuff, but 
Like when people say, yeah, buy a fixer upper, I'm like, I would just end up hiring people to fix this stuff anyway. So like, you know, what, what, what right. good would that do? But no, it, gotta, it's definitely a, a good conversation for sure. Look at, see, Jared, you're growing up. We're talking about utilities and housing market. Yeah. So update to come on that, man. I, so basically first month we were at our normal AC rate, second month, no AC third month. We're going crazy on the AC. So we'll see you if <laughs> knowing these damn apartment complexes, they'll make sure to check the meter that month and it'll be like 250 next, next month. So, yeah. well, good luck with that. Are you, are you shopping around or are you re-upping your lease? No, we're, well, that was, that's like, that's what I mean by they just don't give a shit about you, man. That, right. So basically they, you know, they had this nice letter with the ring pop, and I sent them an email saying we're not re-upping. Didn't get a single response. Right. No response, no final day notice, nothing. Basically what I'm expecting is a few days before our final day, we'll get another note under the door, probably no ring pop this time saying <laughs> get out by this day. So that's where we're at. No, oh, I'm not Lord. re-upping at this place. That's not fun. Have you, have you guys found, are, are you, I know you've been looking, but have you found where you're There's go? a lot of plates getting juggled right about now. I, he, you know, roommates unsure of what he wants to do if he wants to stay in this area if he wants to go back you know to our hometown uh third roommate we had recently just got a job in texas so he's now out so yeah it's a lot to figure out in less than a month so wow. i've been looking i've been looking you're gonna well, good luck one to of you. those 250 square foot studio apartments <laughs> yeah hey i just need i just need a, i just need four walls and a roof over my head yeah i don't need i don't got much furniture i got a bed I got a desk and that's about it. So that'd be enough for me. Well, if anybody, any of our three point podcast listeners may have a line on something in the Detroit area, right? That's where you want to be. Yep. Yeah. Detroit. Yep. Just send us a note at three point pod and we'll, we'll hook you up with Jared. Uh, before we get out of this section, guys, a couple of things I wanted to mention. Uh, it is fair week here in uh, Shiawassee County. We all have our, we've talked about it before on this podcast, our memories of the fair, but it is always kind of a special thing when, when you get to fair week, that means high school sports are starting to get underway. You know, I, I always remember when it was fair week, it was two a days, man. You know, you'd have the morning practice and then the, the afternoon practice, but Man, those two-a-day grinders were were very tough, and man, you had that slime sweat going. Oh yeah, that's that's exactly what I remember. Yeah, first of all, we, I know, like you said, we've talked about it. The fair is awesome. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know if we're obviously biased, but the Shiawassee County Fair has to be one of the best in the state of Michigan. It's just so cool, yeah, definitely. But uh, no, it's two-a-days. That's the first thing I think of when I think of the fair because you would you would go to two-a-days. And then we would all, probably not everyone, but most of us would go to the fair in the evening and we would just be like zombies. We would like walk around, go get the like Hawaiian shaved ice or the like frozen lemonade and just be like, oh God, we got to go back to practice tomorrow. It's like 95 degrees out and just sweating it's, like crazy, but it, it's the time of your time of our lives though. So. I've never been, uh, you know, a big fair guy. It always felt like I was like an outsider stepping into like kind of the farm boys, and <laughs> and, it, and it was like you were, you were, you were a peon at that place. You didn't know, you don't know anything about pigs. You didn't know anything about animals. Didn't know anything <laughs> about farming. You were an idiot walking around that place to the point where we were. I kind I, I was trying to remember if we, if we, if I told this story on this pod before, but. You know, we would go to the fairground, me and, you know, a few of my buddies. I had some buddies that were that were fair guys, too. Um, but, like, I remember one, like, they had the shower set up, you know, like the shower trailer or the, the little, sh the brand new showers that they made that you would have to go shower at. One of my buddies, like, went and uh, basically showered at this place. 
And we were just kind of like hanging out, you know, all of a sudden this group of like kind of teenage, like farm boys kind of started get gathered around this, this, uh, <laughs> showering hole and they were sort of snickering and, you know, I didn't really, really, we didn't really think anything of it. Sure. You're a kid. So you're kind of on edge. Um, so finally our buddy like comes out and like typical, like kind of like teenager, like fashion, just, just towel around his waist, like no shirt on. Sure enough, as soon as he walks out, this group of teenagers just starts running him down. And I think we all kind of within a few seconds realized what they were trying to do. They were trying to basically rip his towel off and leave him <laughs> towelless in the fairgrounds. So when I say by this guy, he was a wide receiver, luckily, had some speed on him, just took off booking it around barefoot around this fairground, dirt flying everywhere. A group of about three or four teenagers just gunning him down. I think they finally got finally got to him after probably a 30-second chase. Uh, but it was like behind, like, it was like, it, it wasn't funny anymore because he wasn't out in the open. He was now like back into a, a barn and we all kind of followed along. So the joke was kind of over, but for those 30 seconds, man, he was running like a chicken with his head cut off. Ooh, that sounds exactly like something a bunch of teenagers would do. Like in that scenario, yeah. hey, let's go, let's go rip his towel off. So he has to run around <laughs> naked at the fair. <laughs> yeah. Not, not good looking back, but I mean, even though he was my buddy, I'm not gonna lie. I was joining in on the laughs when that was going down. So, but that's the type of hijinks you saw at the fair. I never was a big fair rider, uh, like riding of the rides. It always made me sick. I mean, Matt, you're kind of the country boy. So maybe you're like more better suited for it, but just the constant rides that just, go in a circle or do a constant flip like the zipper it just it used to always make me like sick to my stomach i couldn't do it love the rides yeah i i, I probably can't do them anymore in fact when we go to the amusement park that we go to down here i like shake my head because there's rides i go on with my daughter and it like turns my stomach and i'm like man what has happened to me i used to be able to do these like all day but yeah. i didn't i didn't ride the fair rides a ton we would go and eat the food and then just you know walk right. around the barns and, you know, do all that kind of stuff. Just hang out. Yeah. But, yeah, that was the same with me when I was little. The rides were cool. But once I hit junior high, middle school, it was more of a hang. You know, like going to the mall, seeing your friends, checking out the babage. You know, that's what it was all about for sure. <laughs> so, right. Hey, I did. Before we, we're going to get into some football and, and maybe a little bit recap of uh, Lou Whitaker Day at uh, Comerica. But I, I wanted to throw this out here. Uh, one of our listeners, uh, a close friend of ours, will say, he was he was talking to me about uh, some of the Freeland basketball players have been listening to some of the broadcasts that we posted on our three point site. And it, it, first of all, it's very cool that we're able to you know put the high school games for people that maybe are at the game and want to re-listen. But uh, the input I got was the, the players that listen to the Freeland games they got sucked into the three point podcast rabbit hole as he described it. And, uh, you know, we, we, I guess we've picked up some listeners now that are listening to our podcast that were brought in that just were listening to the, to the basketball game. So I think that's pretty cool that we picked up some listeners up in Freeland, Saginaw, Midland, Bay city area. Uh, but the whole three point podcast rabbit hole that got me laughing. I was going to say that's, that's a hell of a rabbit hole to get down the three point <laughs> podcast rabbit hole. I'm, I'm curious what, what they ran across, like what kind of stuff they're like, Ooh, this, this podcast, this one looks interesting. They're talking about Will Smith smacking Chris Rock. Or, right. You know, they're talking about, well, I mean, I'm, I was like, I'm just doing like a quick brain. Like, let's see, we've talked about hip surgeries. We've talked about, <laughs> you know, Mel Tucker beating Michigan, talked about high school football, then, you know, high school basketball, yeah. volleyball at some points, Ted softball calling games. <laughs> we've covered a lot of different things, man. Well, it's like not a big rabbit hole. 
not only that, Jared, I mean, when we're talking about Freeland, of course, you know, I, I did some broadcasting. Of course, you're the you're their video hero up there. You're, you're not Jared, you're Rod. They call you Rod, right? That's what basically the only people that ever refer to me as my like actual name, I think, is at work. Everywhere else, it's, you know, J-Rod, Rod, Jer right. Bear. It's, <laughs> it's the only place I actually get called by my real name is, is at work. I mean, Matt, what do they what do they call you at? You have kind of a similar sort of nickname. Do they call you, do they call you Burnsy or Matt or Matthew? Yeah, at, at work, it's either Burns or Burnsy because there's like six other Matts that we right. work with. And That's sometimes true. like three or four of us are on like the same production. So I always just tell people like, just call me Burns or Burnsy. It's all right. But I think that's kind of like a TV thing, too. People just go, maybe radio, you know, whatever. People just go by their last names most of the time. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, I had a nickname that stuck with me forever at the castle. You know, Ted the Sports Guy. How unique is that, right? I mean, geez, (laughs) come on. But that's what they stuck me with, and that's what what I've been, man. I mean, that's not really a nickname, though. That's kind of No, I know. Actually, it's extending your name. If anything, it's... I know, I know. What? What? That's all yeah, I got. Sports, I had nick, yeah. I had nicknames in high school, but I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. All <laughs> right, let's uh, let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back. Let's jump right into hard knocks and football, fellas. Right after this, AZ Printing Solutions, formerly Hankard Sportswear, is a full service print shop that specializes in screen printing, digital printing, and embroidery. They pride themselves on giving a great product at a great value. The area's go-to printing solution offers a 100% guarantee to exceed your expectations. AZ Printing Solutions has your favorite local spirit wear as well as many other apparel items in stock. Specialty items are available for family, sports, business, and charity events. Call 989-725-2979 or step into the store in downtown Owasso. Memorial Healthcare has served the community for over a century and is committed to being your healthcare partner. The main campus is located in Owasso at 826 West King Street with additional locations in seven counties throughout mid-Michigan. Services at Memorial Healthcare are provided by people who truly care about their patients, who take pride in making a difference in the life and health of the patients they serve through all phases of life. With a medical staff of over 200 and nearly 1,500 employees, Memorial Healthcare is proudly recognized as the largest employer in Shiawassee County. Whether it's life-saving emergency room care, bringing a baby into the world, or an annual physical, see what Memorial Healthcare has to offer at memorialhealthcare.org or call 989-720-CARE. That's 989-720-2273. All right, I'll tee it up a little bit, guys. We're recording this on Monday night. Uh, Hard Knocks hits the airwaves tomorrow on HBO, HBO Max. Uh, We've been seeing a lot of stuff on social media. Uh, The cameras have already been there. They've been posting different things. I mean, I guess guess we're entitled to get excited a little bit, huh? Oh, yeah, I think so. I mean, Lions fans, the offseason is always our Super Bowl, whether it's the draft or if they make a big trade or sign a couple players or get a new coach, this is usually the only time we have to be excited. Now you add to it hard knocks and some of these clips that they're putting out of Dan Campbell with, I know last year I wasn't the biggest fan of his, you know, with his biting kneecaps speeches and talking about all, all the other cliches that he would, he was throwing out when he got hired. 
I've, I've definitely turned around on him. I think seeing the players respond the way that they have, you know, they know that he's not just a phony or whatever. He's not a Matt Patricia, you know, he's not just out there trying to fake it or whatever. I've definitely turned a corner with Dan Campbell. I'm curious to see how he's going to coach, but it's the players too. Like seeing Jamal Williams, that clip that was shared today, him just like going off and getting emotional about, you know, working hard and stuff and seeing the players talk about they actually want to play for Detroit. Um, I think it was a, a receiver. I'm, I'm forgetting. Someone, oh, no, it was Tracy Walker, one of the defensive backs, said yep. he could have signed at a bunch of other teams for more money, but he wanted to stay in Detroit. That's all stuff I think we legitimately have to be excited about because we haven't seen stuff like that with the Lions maybe ever. Here, here's the thing with Campbell, and I think it's it's lucky – that he ended up in Detroit for his first job. I mean, this is a young team. And I think that with a young team, they're kind of like, they're more willing to sort of buy into this whole, you know, biting off the kneecaps type uh, regime that he's bringing in. I mean, I just imagine if he was, you know, going into like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers locker room with this whole thing, Tom Brady as your as your quarterback, all these other seasoned veterans, Namakung Su. And I just feel like this whole this whole shtick would not fly the same yeah. way that it has been has been for the Detroit Lions seems all positive seems like this team is you know there's these same cliches you know every hard knocks or whatever but it just seems a little different uh with this Lions team at least from what we've seen in the past this seems like the very first offseason I mean we know we, we we're gonna suck every year but it seems like this is the first time like going into a season where there's actually like a lot of op- optimism and I know we've said that before we're drinking the Kool-Aid this drinking the Kool-Aid that the Kool-Aid has been like, there's been like C4 added to it or something this year. People are on a whole nother level of like fandom with the Detroit Lions. I'm right there with them. De- Devil's advocate, is there is there a way that this season of hard knocks is, is not going to live up to the hype? I, I just wonder if we could become like the laughing stock on Twitter. Like what's going to be the clip that is circulated when we're, we start the season 0-3? You know, it's going to be some stupid clip, some soundbite from Coach Campbell, some, this or that. I just worry about this turning sour fast. Yeah, I look at it two ways. I mean, I think that the hard knocks, the whole five-week run of hard knocks is going to be fantastic. And I understand the uh, the excitement, a little bit of the optimism, which it really is drinking the Kool-Aid. I'm not going to jump on that bandwagon. I'm going to enjoy the shit out of Hard Knocks, though. It's going to be awesome. I cannot wait for how they put that together. It's going to be tremendous. Now, this team, I'm I'm kind of swayed a little bit towards Campbell, too, Matt. You know, I was a little critical last year a few different times, but I think he has to have his learning curve as a head coach. He had to learn the whole new you know program. He had to learn the whole – how are they operating Detroit for the Fords and all that? And I'm going to cut him a break on that. I think the guy has the capabilities of, of being a leader. And, and Jared, you called it right on the head, a young team. You know, you can get away with the rah-rah stuff with a young team. And, you know, Campbell's going to grow along with the team. And it's it's just like every other team out there. I mean, the Lions have a have a thinner rope, if you will. They cannot afford major injuries, maybe some other of the – First-class teams can somewhat. Lions can't afford the injuries. They, they, they got to yeah. stay healthy or as healthy as they can be because especially their, their key players, that offensive line and, and the running backs. I mean, if they stay healthy, I think they can compete for a, for a 500 record, maybe a little better if they get the right from, grades. From some of the rumors I've been hearing is, Matt, you'll love this, some of the rumors I've been hearing, Aiden Hutchinson has been basically a force 
from the second he's walked on the on the, the practice team or on the practice squad. I actually had, had the lucky chance to go to the last day of training camp on this past Friday. Nice. Uh, and and there, dude, I it was I. This is what blew my mind about this. Maybe you guys have been to one of these practices before. It's a full house, <laughs> like hundred yard bleacher. You know, size of Nick and Nice field from end zone to end zone filled with people. There's, you know, the water, there's face painting going on. There's a vertical jump test. There's like all these different like yard games, cornhole boards, uh, like the, the Lions mascots all over the place. They, they have uh, uh, face painting going on. Like it was a whole event, free shirts everywhere, rocket mortgage signage everywhere. I didn't realize how big of an event like like these training camps really are. And I think that that's kind of maybe going to be one of the biggest things from this hard knock season. I mean, I've watched other hard knocks before. Yeah, there's fans there. But I'm telling you, you're going to be shocked by the size of this crowd. I mean, or at least I was. There's a freaking – it was like a, they were getting ready to watch a freaking game at the big house. It was the, – they're chanting, they're, they're cheering. Like every time – it's like they're watching a real-life game. It was, it was eye-opening. Hey, Detroit fans, one one thing that they've never been short on is supporting their teams. I mean, maybe, you know, the Pistons maybe a little hit or miss. Right. But the Lions, the Tigers, the Red Wings, I think we've said before, that's maybe more of a cult following. But think about the Lions. How how do they have the following that they still do? And they've been so bad every single year. I'm sure part of it is people wanted to go see hard knocks. You know, they, they want to go right. see that that going on. Lions fans will support this team through thick and thin, through 0-16 seasons, through terrible head coaches and whatever. And I think that's the kind of stuff that's going to come across. I mean, I think people, you know, people always hear about, yeah, Detroit, you know, hard workers and blah, blah, blah. But then we go 0-16 and, and it doesn't matter. They're, they're going to see that these fans are passionate and – Dan Campbell gets it. He played there. Now he's coaching there. He gets it. So I, I am curious to see how they portray, I guess, the the franchise. Because yeah. are they going to portray the franchise as the worst franchise in all of sports who hasn't won a playoff game in 30 years? Or is it going to be this franchise is legitimate, they just haven't had any success, you know? I think they're going to paint it both ways, to, to be honest. I mean, they almost have to, don't they? I mean, to yeah. tell the whole story. But I think I think it's going to be more on the positive side that this team is headed in the right direction. I would think that would be the angle. You know, and you talk about the, the Detroit Lion fans. I mean, you're, you're looking at one right here, 66-year-old diehard that will not miss an exhibition game, not even one play of an exhibition game. I've done it for years and, you know, I'm optimistic as can be from the opening kickoff of that first regular season game, but I hold it back just a little bit. I've never usually getting into the Kool-Aid too much. And, yeah. and you know, otherwise, you know, I'd, I'd have a nervous breakdown. <laughs> it's it was it was, it was funny watching it like it's almost like I'm watching the show being made as it was like as it was getting like made. So Isaiah Stewart was there from Detroit Pistons, right. and I tell you what, it, he was there with like a rapper named Sada Baby, who's I guess a big Lions fan. <laughs> I was like a few feet from them, and they are surrounded by like 30 different cameras. You know, Jared Goff's coming in talking to him. Jamison Williams was there talking to him. Uh, it's just funny because you, you, you like I'm sitting there watching this play out. Like, there's really nothing happening, but you just know with the editing and the splicing, like it'll look like this was like some crazy conversation. Even though I was sitting there like a ear on the wall, like listening into it, and it didn't seem like there was there was much substance to it. But uh, yeah, no, it's cool, Ted. I think we need to set up maybe like a, a GoPro 
like in your bunker for this like hard knocks and maybe make like a time lapse, like a one minute time lapse of you. I'm, I'm more intrigued at what your what your mindset is going to be going into Tuesday night than I think I actually am watching this hard knocks episode. Uh, it, it's going to be interesting for sure, but I'm definitely going to be tuned in every minute of that. And by the way, for our listeners, we will have. I've made the vow. I'm going to stay awake and not put it on the DVR. I'm going to watch it live and 11 o'clock or so. We're going to post our instant reactions and it'll be, it'll be interesting to see from our three different generations, how we view each episode. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of positivity. (laughs) I mean, maybe, maybe Jared's going to find some stuff to, to rip apart a little bit, but I feel like, I'm just going to love every minute of it. I'm going to be like, this is, this is the coolest thing I've watched in so long. And and part of that is I've never watched hard knocks. I know you, you guys have, I've watched clips clips here and there or whatever. So this, this will be my first like legit time watching hard knocks too. It's, it's, it's going to be cool because it's like almost like whoever's on hard knocks, it becomes that nation, like the, the country's like sort of like team of that year. Team of the year. We saw it with the Browns a couple of years ago, you know, because they had like a really roller coaster of a year with Baker Mayfield finally taking over the starting job about midway through. Everyone was kind of like rooting for it, following the whole tea leaves of Hugh Jackson and everything. I can't wait to see that sort of aspect of it. Uh, and like I said on a few pods ago, it'll be cool to see, you know, all your podcasts that you normally listen to outside of three point podcast, ESPN, you know, mm-hmm. HBO will be talking about. Everybody's going to be talking about the Detroit Lions on Wednesday morning. So I just can't wait for that as well. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. And, you know, young man, um, I mean, Matt, you've been through the wars and covering sports, but Jared, it, it must be really, you must have a grin on your face when you go to something like the training camp there with Hard Knocks and say, man, this is my job. This is cool. Yeah. It, yeah. It, I mean, that would be obviously one of the dream, you know, things to be able to work on. There's a lot of my, you know, coworkers who, you know, have been in this business a long time, paid their dues and are damn good at their job that had the lucky opportunity to, to work for Hard Knocks. You know, I was just there kind of observing them. It, it, it is you know, Matt is sort of like the technical guy who like mm-hmm. kind of gets a little bit more of this than you might, Ted. But man, the, these cameras they're using and like just it was such a well organized. It was like watching like a like an orchestrated band, like how these cameramen were like working in unison. I mean, there's 30 of them out there, like we've said before. They all have their hard knocks shirts on. They all have these you know nice gear pieces, and they have what like I don't even I've never seen cameras like this high tech. They were they looked like there was something out of like a movie set it was it was pretty crazy to see them uh set up shop and how they kind of operate hbo baby yeah first class well it's gonna be fun tomorrow night uh, tuesday night uh, hard knocks debuts and last question jared for you for me the, the the camp you were talking about with the fans all there was that at allen park or was it at a day at ford field no allen park it, okay it, that they, I, from what I've heard, basically what I gathered, you know, boots on the ground, basically they, they had to build like more, they built, they added on, they basically doubled their bleachers, wow. uh, basically <laughs> since the Patricia era, which is no surprise. <laughs> I mean, he probably let, probably was like a freaking militant camp, uh, for fans when they went to that, no face painting, no, no balloons. It was probably all just, you know, all eyes on the field for football. Um, so no, it, it just, it seems like there's a lot of positivity and, I think it's important to remind ourselves as we're watching these hard knocks things to stay in the moment, you know, maybe not try to cast too much onto the season. And if the season's going to go poorly, I mean, think about it. We're basically what saying that seven wins is a successful season. So there's going to be some down moments this year. Yeah. That's for damn sure. But let's just stay in the moment. Appreciate each episode uh, because we finally got what we've all been wait- waiting for for the last three or four years, which is finally the lions on hard knocks. Yeah. Amen.
Let's go Lions. Hashtag since 57. All right. We'll be back. We'll have some potpourri in sports, maybe look at a little bit of entertainment and uh, wrap this thing up in fine fashion. But we'll be right back right after this. Nelson House Funeral Home's number one goal is to serve the families in our area. The Nelson House staff are proud to serve our local community with reliability, integrity, and compassion. Unique service representing unique lives, ensuring your loved ones receive the honor and celebration they deserve. Founded in 1880 and continuing the tradition today with chapels in Owasso, Chesanine, and New Lothrop. For more details, find them at nelson-house.com or call 989-723-5234. Looking to buy items online, go to CRAuctions.com. All you need to do is download the app to your phone or computer and start buying and selling today. CRAuctions.com will market your items all over the country and get them sold. If you are looking to buy something, we can help with that too. Just go to CRAuctions.com. Search our inventory and place your bid. Plus, there are online auctions for farm machinery, firearms, automobiles, and truckloads of overstocked items. It's fast, it's easy, and you will get results. Get the app and check out CRAuctions.com today. All right, I'll start right back up with you, Jared. Uh, Lou Whitaker Day, Saturday. What a production. I mean, first class all the way, yeah. man. It, it was, you know, it's 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 crazy to see. I actually, you know, I was kind of like busy working during the actual ceremony. So I, I had to go back and kind of watch it on replay on YouTube. Uh, if you haven't seen it, check it out there. It, it was, you know, world-class from the Tigers, uh, especially as well as us. I mean, we, we have a lot of talented people here that, you know, I basically was a little, you know, a little small, little sliver of, you know, the content that was produced for Lou Whitaker day. Uh, it was quite a, uh, ceremony and Whitaker, you know, was short in his speech, uh, do you guys, one thing I do wonder, the constant, you know, comparison of Lou and Tram, Tram and Lou, do you think they ever get sick of that? I mean, it, it, it's nonstop that they're they're always kind of paired together as, as a team. I mean, I just think about if I was getting my number retired, man, I, I, oh, would I want to just kind of only have my day? Or, is, or Ted, you're kind of the better guy for this. It's like, were they always really together like that? I didn't realize that they played 19 seasons together. Basically, as soon as they got out of high school, they played like I think one year uh, apart, and then from that point on, for 19 straight years, and that was what Tram said in his speech. For 19 years, they were the same duo at second and short for the Detroit Tigers. I mean, that's that's crazy. That's like my whole lifetime, basically. If I if I was a fan from the second they they started playing second and short, they never they never took a season off. They never traded. They never requested a trade. They never left. They played 19 good seasons. It, it crazy. You laid it right out. I mean, I don't think there's any animosity. It's Trammell and Whitaker, Whitaker and Trammell. That's it. I mean, you know, they have their own individual accolades for sure. Right. But uh, when they when you when you look at the record, and they've talked about it many times on the on the celebration. I mean, they're the they've turned the most double plays, the longest double play duo. I mean, both going to be Hall of Famers. I mean, Trammell's in. Whitaker's going to make it. I mean, it's it was quite an era. I mean, when you yeah. have when you're covered up the middle with those two guys, you got Morris and Petrie on the mound, and you got Chet Lemon in center field. That's a pretty good nucleus of a team right there. If you want to be strong up the middle, yeah, you're not going to ever see something like that again in modern MLB. No. Two guys playing together for 19 seasons. Right. That's just not going to happen. And I, I would think, I mean, yeah, we, we've seen all the interviews and everything. They they seem like they're friends. No, like you said, Ted, no right. animosity. I would think they both realize that a large part of each of their success is because of the other guy. Mm -hmm. I mean, yes, Lou Whitaker was a great player on his own, 
Alan Trammell was a great player on his own, but a large part of each of their, you know, success is because they were playing next to Trammell or Whitaker. So, yeah, I, I would be curious. Maybe at some point there might have been a little feud or, you know, right. jealousy or there something. There had to have like been, that, man, but, 19 years, you'd think. Right. It, yeah, it, I mean, even even guys like, you know, Gol- Gol- or Mike and Mike, you know, Golik and, uh, and Greeny. You know, they they eventually had had their animosity and stuff like that. Like so, you know, this stuff like that just happens. Completely different situation, but you know, like, yeah, I bet at some point there was something, but it sure doesn't seem like it anymore. Because when they talk to each other or about each other, it seems like they are great friends. Yeah, I think the only argument, really, that well, maybe not the only argument, but it's kind of funny that the Tigers didn't put both of their numbers up on the board on the wall the same time. I don't yeah. know both at the same time. I thought right? about that when, when all this stuff started happening with Whitaker. Right. It was kind of like, why? I mean, who put the Hall of Fame aside? He, he right. should be in the Hall of Fame. The Tigers should have retired his number and done this years ago. It's right. a, well, that, That's almost like a little bit of a slap in the that's face. That's a dig, yeah. Like, well, why why they did they wait so long to do this? It was originally scheduled for uh, 2020, I believe, yeah. and then it's it's COVID happened, and then they they wanted to basically wait until they didn't want to do it last year with a partial crowd. They basically wanted to wait until they could fill up the stadium. So, yeah. but no, it would have been a cool sort of a different type of ceremony if they would have gone in, uh, you know, together at the same time. Maybe it would have taken away from you know each of them individually because they both were obviously you know Hall right. of Fame type players uh, separate from each other. But yeah, it, it just. What a cool – I didn't realize kind of how far back it went. I mean, most double plays ever turned in MLB history, uh, 19 seasons. Something about the way Tram described it in his speech where basically he said, can you imagine – you know, he basically said something to the effect of, imagine right now if two players came out of that dugout at second and second base and shortstop and you started a clock and then 19 <laughs> years will be when they finally walk off that field. I mean, that's just – when you like, I know we've already said it a few times, but, man, when you really think about that, 19 years, uh, and they were at a high level the entire way. You know, it's not like they, they obviously had somewhat of a decline, but they still were great players up until the, the time they finally stepped off the field. And maybe my favorite shot, Ted, you, you had a great photo that you posted on Twitter, them sitting together back-to-back on second base, you know, yeah. from some, like, old Sports Illustrated or something like that. But my favorite thing of them was the very last game at Tiger Stadium, them right. walking out of the tunnel together packed out crowd lights flashing everywhere cameras flashing and they take off the cap and tip it to everybody that just gave me what a cool era to be a tiger fan i still have that game on my dvr that final game at tiger stadium man it was something to see for sure i don't think i'll ever i don't think i'll ever delete it no that's something you should never delete i mean it's legendary even if it is on youtube or whatever it should never come off your dvr (laughs) and but part part of it with the 19 years is like like we've already said, neither of them ever requested a trade or you know I guess maybe we don't know that. But they never got traded. They never signed elsewhere as free agents. But even just the fact that they like stayed healthy for 19 years. I mean, think about that. Like one of them didn't have some injuries that really derailed their career, or you know just like a decline where one of them had to go to DH or something like that or right, move to right. first base. Like, it's just that part of it, too. For 19 years, for the most part, they played at a top level. That's just it, – it's really unheard of, and it's insane that Whitaker just got his number retired and he's still not in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. yeah. It, you know, uh, change the topic just a hair, 
uh, we talked about what would happen if the Lions were successful and made it to the Super Bowl. How about these Tiger fans? I mean, you know, there's nothing to cheer for for this team this year. Let's face it. I mean, for many, many reasons that we broke down, you know, throughout the summer here on the podcast, but showing up full house on Saturday, yeah. it was 90 degrees plus, but they showed up to honor one of their own. And, you know, I, I don't care. I, I put Detroit up there as one of the greatest sports sports towns, the state of Michigan following our pro team. I put them right up there with New York and Boston and LA. I mean, the, Detroit's right there. It is. It, it is. I mean, we saw, and actually the crowds, the crowds have dipped this year, but there's been some nights in, in the summer that there's actually been pretty decent crowds for one of the worst teams in, in baseball. Right. And we, we saw it when they started making the world series, you know, back in 06 and, and stuff like that. Comerica was rocking all the time and there was tigers gear everywhere and it, it's something that like people just don't talk about detroit sports you know maybe because the success hasn't been there very much or something but when the, the fans don't go away the fans i mean they're there when you have a lou whitaker night when miggy's about to hit three thousand, america's gonna sell out and yeah it i think we we're even selling ourselves a little bit i don't know what it is about these tigers we love them <laughs> People in Michigan love their Tigers. Oh, yeah. It was to the point where it's funny you guys say that because I had the same sort of thought the other day. A few days ago, we did like some, there was some sort of like little like flashback thing we ran uh, during one of the broadcasts. And it was like, you know, some Pudge Rodriguez 2007 on this day in history. And I tell you what, just this random day in July or in August, early August, it was a sold out crowd. It looked like, at least from this one, like it was full packed. And I literally audibly said like, holy shit, look at that crowd. It, it's it's you put a winning product on the field and oh. they will come it, it's 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 awesome and i do think that that is one thing we have over a lot of these other smaller market teams uh, you know they might have the smaller market and you know maybe somewhat of a loyal fan base but i really do think ted you nailed it it's like i think we're right up there top five you know yeah. in terms of loyal fans who will come and see you play through thick and thin it, it's it's detroit right 100% agree. And, you know, usually not too much problems either. You know, I mean, we've had a few few skirmishes after like the 84 World Series and a few other things. But overall, our fans, they're pretty decent. You know, they, they're knowledgeable and they show up. And uh, you know, like you said, put a winning product out there and uh, it's going to be tough to find tickets. That's how, it, that's how it is for sure. You know, also another spot, you don't need a ticket, Sky Mint Cannabis. We all know that they're leaders in the cannabis industry, especially here in Michigan. I mean, they grow it right here in the great state. Many, many locations, Detroit, Ann Arbor, Corona, Lansing, many others, Flint, Saginaw, Grand Rapids. We've talked about it before. We have the uh, the, the coupon code at the Corona store. But uh, if our listeners out there are located in any of, any of the other areas, tell them you want to want to get on board and get some of this 20% off. And uh, I'm sure we'll be able to do it. But we're glad they're on board with us. If you're over 21, stop in at any of their stores, check them out. And if you want to see what they're all about, go online at skymint.com. We're glad they're aboard with us. That's for sure. We'll be right back and have our final segment of the podcast uh, right after these final messages. 
The Wash of Owasso is excited to welcome you to their new and state-of-the-art full-service laundromat. Conveniently located at 809 West Main Street in historic West Town, Owasso. They're open 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. for the coin laundry, or you can drop off your laundry for wash and fold service Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 p.m. Too busy to stop in? No problem, as the Wash of Owasso will pick up your laundry right at your door and will deliver it back to you the next day. Go online to thewashofowasso.com. That's the Wash of Owasso. To view pricing or call 989-472-3322 and schedule your pickup as a special three-point podcast bonus. Enter code 3PP, that's the number three and two Ps, at checkout for 10% off your first order. The three-point podcast team welcomes the wash of Owasso to our team. Success Group Mortgage and Servicing is Shiawassee County's only licensed mortgage broker, lender, and servicer. That means you get exclusive products not found anywhere else. If you are looking to purchase a home or refinance a home in Florida, Hawaii, or Michigan, stop what you're doing and give Success Group Mortgage and Servicing a call. 989-720-4380. That's 989-720-4380. All right, guys, before we get too far along, I did want to throw this in more baseball talk. You know, I was I was talking about Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame, I think, a couple of pods ago. Boy, yeah, did he make himself look like an idiot or what? I mean, I yeah. forgot how stupid he is and how uncouth and everything else. But uh, he went back to uh, Philadelphia, where he was a key part of their 1980 World Series championship team with Mike Schmidt and that whole gang, but made a complete asshole of himself, not only on a television broadcast, but with some reporters afterwards. You know, Hall of Fame talent for sure, and Hall of Fame idiot as well. Catch, catch people. I, I, I don't. You got to bear. What is? What did he do? What did he well, say? What well, happened? well. First of all, he went back and they invited him up in the booth, which was probably a mistake to begin with. They didn't have a seven second delay or any kind of delay, and uh, he was on the broadcast with their broadcasters. Can you imagine him with Shep and uh, and Morris or Monroe? But uh, he, he was talking about John Cruck, and he said. Uh, yeah, I knew John when he had two balls. And then he also said uh, he threw out a story about hitting a cock-high fastball. This is live TV. And then he end, ended it. What does that saying, even mean? What, yeah. especially right down the middle, in other words? Yeah. You don't know what cock-high fastball would be? <laughs> well, I mean, like, was Waste it right high, man. Right. It's like right down the middle. That's what I'm saying. Right down the middle, yeah. But, I mean, yeah. it's a live television broadcast. Yeah. And then, then he also ended it by making a comment and saying, no shit. And, uh, you know, and then just started laughing like a hyena. I think he had about five cocktails in him at that time. But the big story was, you know, I forgot about it, that he had an underage relationship with like a 15-year-old back in the day in Cincinnati. And a reporter asked him something about it. And he, sorry, he said, sorry about that. It was 55 years ago, babe. This was to right. a female reporter. I mean, you know, he just showed his age and showed his ignorance. Yeah. I, yeah, and I guess later he like he did apologize to her, but he said, "Like I'll, I'll sign a thousand baseballs for you yeah. if that makes things better." Right. I mean, he just he he made this was the first time the Phillies have had him back. I think in twenty years or since you know he got suspended for Major League Baseball or something like that. Right. And I'm sure that's the last time he'll be back. Oh yeah. Probably for the rest of his life because. If you you know if you if you're trying to be like a legend for the franchise and you know if you're still trying to make a pitch for the Hall of Fame or anything, he didn't do himself any favors at all. No. Yeah, he he looked like you said he looked like a Hall of Fame idiot, and 
you know, it, there's the whole generation thing. And, you know, people were saying like, oh, some of that's just locker room talk. And it's just like, and that that's not an excuse. He, he was just sounded like an idiot. He made himself look like an idiot. And I'm surprised they let him on the broadcast, to be honest. Oh, no kidding. It, yeah. it, it's just it's funny hearing you say this ted because you were like basically on your hands and knees begging for this guy to be like in the hall of fame literally like two pods ago well yeah but my whole argument on that and i, and I stand by it jared is i've been watching these games more and more and the, the prevalence of sports betting on the game i mean they do it on valley sports they have the line on over under i mean it's right in the broadcast did I mean, you have you always known this i'll be honest you laying out this story is the first time i've heard of this basically this underage relationship have you was that a big story back in the day i mean how weird it's a player yeah it, it, it resurfaced like five years ago or yeah something, 2017 yeah and and this girl was like 50 and and you know there's no excuse for it it was a consensual relationship but it still doesn't make any difference if you're not of age you know it's just the kind of guy he is personally i was on the bandwagon jared of i mean he's the all-time hit leader he's a hall of fame baseball player if there ever was a first ballot hall of fame player and there's a lot of a-holes in the hall of fame so you can throw his personality out there but the betting thing is what bothered me is nowadays like i said it's become uh it's become a practice i mean you know you got all these online betting sites that are advertising on the games it's like it's gone away it's got like the whole the whole taboo betting thing's gone away so if it's gone away then baseball's got to step up and say okay the lifetime ban's over that's my I argument think- I think it's different for a player or manager to be betting on a game. Cause like in the NFL, uh, Calvin Ridley, the Falcons wide receiver, he got caught betting like on FanDuel or something stupid and he's suspended for the year. So uh, while I agree with you, you know, I think maybe there's still a difference if there's a coach or a player betting on games than, you know, us, but it's still, it's still kind of crazy. How, how did you, how did you, in your goddamn magic skills, how did you rope us back into another one of these arguments, man? I, it's like, it's like if you were playing bingo, I think that this is the centerpiece. Uh, if, if there wasn't a free space, because we talk about it every full episode, it feels. Hey, like. we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have talked about it this week if he wouldn't have been in the news, man. It's all <laughs> over social media, so I, I had to bring it up. Uh, also, you know. I don't know if you guys have been watching any TV other than other than sports. You got anything uh, that, in entertainment that you've been tuned into you'd recommend? We did finally watch that uh, girl in the picture. And oh yeah, well, yeah I you want your thoughts? You weren't kidding. That's one of the crazier stories ever. Like I, every every minute, you know, I, I thought like it peaked, and then it got crazier, and yes. then it got crazier, and it wasn't necessarily all that. Like I mean, it was pretty twisted, but. I was expecting it to be like crazy, dark, twisted, all that kind of stuff. It was just, he married her dad and like changed their names and like whatever else was going on. Like that that was one of the crazier stories ever, for sure. Yeah, I couldn't even keep up with all of it. I I should watch it again, really. Right. Yeah, when we got done, I was almost like, what even happened? I don't even know, like, what, what just happened? That sounds like a real mind effort, man. It's not my type of it, it, that stuff like that. It stick with me for three or four weeks, and yeah. it probably have me be staying up all night. I, I don't know how you can just watch that and just like basically go back on with your day. I, I'm just wired differently. Uh, 
Yeah, we are. I, I, I live for those shows, man. I'm not kidding you. <laughs> I mean, we've been watching on Netflix, uh, the old show cold case files. And, uh, I love those. I mean, it, it, it's really well done. I think it's like nine, nine or 10 episodes, uh, that they popped on there and every episode, you know, it's, it's a murder that, you know, that takes them 30 years to solve it. And every one of them, they at least have a conclusion that the cold case crew solves these, uh, these riddles. And right. uh, that's what we've finished up. I, mean, I think we got one episode to go, um, on, on a more pleasant note, you know, I like my documentaries, right? I watched one put together. It's been out a while, but it was put together by Ron Howard on the Beatles. And it was called the Beatles eight days a week, the touring years. And, and many people don't realize, I mean, old timers like me know the Beatles only toured. Really, they started out like in 61, kind of made their name and made it to Hamburg, Germany, where they really became a tight knit group when Ringo, the drummer, joined. But they didn't tour that often. They ended up their final their final show in America was 1966 at Candlestick Park. But they had all kinds of film footage of different concerts they were at. In fact, in Australia, uh, Ringo was sick and uh, they didn't talk about it in the documentary, but it was something I saw on, on social media. Some some other drummer, an unknown drummer, sat in eight shows with the Beatles, wore the Beatles suits, suit, and you know, he, he was on drums while Ringo was out, but he got to play eight shows with the Beatles in Australia and New Zealand. So I mean, how cool is that? And that's actually a Beatles story. Either I forgot about it or didn't know about it. But if you get a chance, you like the Beatles, check out uh, Eight Days a Week, uh, The Touring Years by Ron Howard. Very well done. It's crazy that you this guy's unnamed. They don't know who he was. They still don't know who he was. No, no, they they, they got his name. But I mean, I don't know it right to this day. Right. I mean, you know, it's a, it was an unknown guy that he was like a session drummer that they said, hey, let's just pop him in here. And he 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 did well, I guess. Nice. Yeah. Pretty cool story to tell your grandkids. Hey, I, I toured with the Beatles for eight shows. Yeah, it's a better story than uh, Pete Best, who was the original drummer for the Beatles and got kicked out and replaced by Ringo. And the rest, as they say, is history. Uh, one other suck, one other show, I don't know if you guys saw it. It was on Paramount Plus. Um, kind of a, just a kind of a fun show, a good family show to watch. But it's based on a true story. Brian Cranston, Annette Benning, and Rain Wilson from The Office. It took place in Evart, Michigan. I think that's how you pronounce it. It's up by Traverse City. A true story. It's called Jerry and Marge Go Large. And this, this guy named Jerry figured out a mathematical flaw in the lotto system. And he figured out how to make big bucks. He, he ended up pocketing somewhere around 30 or 40 million dollars in the lottery before they changed the the complex the changed the formula and he, he took a good share for himself and his wife but he also donated a ton of the money back to the city of Evart so they could do some upgrading and stuff so i mean it's a really cool story and well done on paramount that's crazy to think that you know back in the day you could figure out the lotto i know you, you I used know. to crack the code I, Here's what here's what's crazy though. I still think that that is a big, big problem that the lottery system and the lottery system doesn't care. I mean, they they get they get paid. You know, I mean, we just saw this like whatever this Mega Millions was, where it was like right. a one point four whatever billion dollars, and the guy ended up getting what five hundred and like fifty million. Yeah. It's like you get like a third of it. They uh, touched the on that. They the yeah. lottery the lottery commission did not care. The only reason yeah. it got it got uh, caught and changed is there was a there was a group in Harvard 
that had also figured it out and they were like in competition. I don't want to get into the whole story, but it, it was well done. I'd, I'd recommend it. I'd give it at least 2.8 on the three point podcast was, scale. The reason I even like kind of even had any inkling to that is because actually in college at Grand Valley, um, I don't, I'm not gonna say his name because I don't know if the story ever is hit, hit air or ever was ran or whatever, but basically my professor was like, basically, uh, hot on the case of this guy who had been doing this for years. Really? Uh, he was like, a, he was an investigative reporter, you know, by trade uh, at this school. And that was a class investigative reporting. And that was the big story he was chasing at the time was this guy who was making millions off of this, this lotto, basically somehow found a way to game the system. I, you gotta be some type of brainiac to figure How do you even figure that out? You just buy pull tabs. Like I, I don't understand how that's even possible. Yeah. There's a formula to it, I guess. And, you know, it, it was it had to do with uh, every third week or so it, it turned around or something. I, I, I don't remember the exact formula. Right. I'm not a mathematician by any any stretch. But this guy was a brilliant math guy and he figured it out and he tried it out and uh, it paid off. You know, and it just was amazing. It steamrolled sure, from there. It's crazy. Yeah. It's like the people who can count cards, you know, playing exactly. blackjack or whatever. Bill Frieder. Yeah. Bill yeah. Frieder. So, so he never had to, you know, never was in trouble for it. Like I said, the, the, the lotto commission didn't really care. So basically, what got off scot free? He paid his taxes. He had every. He drove. Oh, here's part of the story that was intriguing. The the the, the specific lotto lottery contest, like the big bucks or whatever it's called, it ended in Michigan. He ended up. There was only one state that was still carrying it on. It was Massachusetts, and he drove every week out there to buy tons of tickets. He kept. <laughs> He paid his taxes and he kept all the tickets in big giant plastic tubs in his garage. They were stacked. His whole garage was full of lottery tickets. So he did it all by the book. Wow. It was amazing. Yeah. Pretty crazy. Really True story. All right. Well, hard knocks tomorrow night, fellas. Uh, should remind people too, we're going to be reaching out to our experts throughout the state. High school football started practice today. Our, uh, what is it? Our fifth annual three point podcast preview. Is that what we got coming up? I don't think we did it year one, did we? I don't think so. I think it might be the fourth. Okay. Well, that's coming up. We're going to drop it somewhere around August 24th. Our first football game on Z92.5 is the 25th. Looks like it's going to be at Nick and East Field with the uh, carpet down. Corona taking on Fowlerville at the new Nick. And uh, that's some football talk. And, you know, it isn't going to be long, boys. We're going to be really getting into college football discussions. I, you know, I can feel that in the air right now. Really looking forward to it. Uh, Michigan, I was looking at their their uh, two and three deeps. Offensively, they are going to be uh, something to deal with. I mean, they're they, going to be tough to stop. They should have, maybe behind Ohio State, they should have the best offense in the Big Ten for sure. Right. I mean, the, the potential is there. But um, – yeah, you, you mentioned the new Nick. I've been loving the pictures that you've been sharing on Twitter, mm-hmm. just see, seeing the updates. I mean, that, I, I'm i very curious to see that field. I know, Jerry, yeah. you weren't a fan of Ithaca's field, but uh, that, that field, it's going to look amazing. The, yeah. the, Nick, the Nick is going to look so cool. Well, that is like kind of a – it's kind of almost surreal. I, I never thought that that would ever happen. It, it happened yeah. so quickly, and it's getting put together so quick that by the time it's finally unveiled, I think we're all going to be kind of just in awe. What, however, it's going to be so much approved of what it was, so it's going to be awesome no matter what. It's going to be incredible, and I can't wait. Uh, we'll be there for opening night. Uh, that's going to be a fun one to do for sure. 
All right, boys, we've made it through another podcast. This has been the Three Point Podcast presented by Memorial Healthcare, home of the Now Community Wellness Center, and Sky Mint Cannabis, Michigan's leader in the industry with many convenient locations throughout Michigan. Don't forget the coupon code 3.20, 3.20, that's 3-P-O-I-N-T-2-0. That's good at the Corona store for 20% off Sky Mint products only. And uh, tell them that you listen to Three Point Podcast. Also, give us a follow at Three Point Pod. Spread the word to all your friends. Make sure you let all our great partners know you listen in and enjoy the show. They include AZ Printing Solutions, Pro Real Estate and Auction, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Success Group Mortgage and Servicing, The Wash of Owasso, The ALS Associated of Michigan, and Z92.5 The Castle. This episode of Three Point Podcast was recorded at StreamYard.com. And don't forget to see our friends Chi-Town. Just had a successful couple gig weekend. They'll be playing August 10th at Meridian Township Market at 6th and August 18th at the Otsego County Fair in Gaylord. Great spot to go up north and enjoy the boys. Until next week, so long, everybody. Thanks for listening. Peace and love, peace and love. Hey, gang, please consider a donation to the ALS Association Michigan chapter, serving people with ALS and their families since 1988. There still is no cure for Lou Gehrig's disease, and every 90 minutes, someone is diagnosed with ALS. For more details, go online at webmi.alsa.org. Three Point Podcast is a Sportsnet Michigan Three Point Podcast production. Subscribe and share on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or any of your favorite podcast hosting sites. Comments and questions can be sent via social media at Three Point Pod or by email to Three Point Pod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.